Hey, welcome everybody to Five Pins Podcast. This is number 42. We have the regulars. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We have the Wiseman Twins, Dexter and Tim, Adam Weber, and our special guest this week, Dwayne Gillardi. Won Masters Gold with the tournament men's team in 2018 and threw a perfect game on tour on the WCBT at TPC Sherwood in 2018. Um, thanks for coming on, Dwayne. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Perfect. Um, so our first topic will be something that was brought up this week. Um, somebody posted it. It was uh, all-time average record, Frank Levine, 329 back in uh, the mid-70s. Um, I'm not too sure. Have you guys heard of this story prior to uh, seeing it posted on Facebook this week? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, it's at Grandview, right? Grandview Lanes in, in BC. I was out there years ago um, watching watching their open, and that's where he used to play. And they still have the old um, like push pin uh, like leaderboard stuff up there, and it, it listed like all the four hundreds in there, and all the perfect games. And then there was Frank Levine, and there was thirty, forty, like I think there was like thirty four hundreds in one year, and and like five perfect games or something ridiculous like that. So it was all listed there. Yeah, you threw the three perfect games in, in during that season. Um, yeah. So. Just so people know, Frank Levine was obviously a great player. He won the Autumn Open several times in such a short period. Um, we know he won, lo- won lots out there, won Rose Bowl. Um, so this isn't an attack on his um, how he played. This is just an attack on how could somebody average 329 in a season. <clears throat> to me, that is absolutely unreal. Um, to yeah. be that far ahead of everybody else in the country at that point in time, and still to this day, like um, Mark Goulet out in uh, Ontario is averaging just over 300, I do believe, at this point in time. But that you see those 290s and those just below 300s every once in a while, but 329, like that's a that's an unreal mark. Yeah, that's almost no no punching ever. That's literally no punching ever. <clears throat> Maybe one in a, in a in an entire night. Four. Yeah, in a four games. Yeah. 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 So I guess the reason why we're bringing this up is uh, there is some rumors in the past, or I guess you know people have talked to us in the past um, and said that this is actually it was based off of gambling, right? So um, I guess at the beginning of the year, from my understanding, my understanding, we're talking to some people out out west through the Mueller's and that who are around that situation or new people like the uh, bunch of them out there like Wayne Davies I believe out there and stuff like that they mentioned that uh, that basically they had an in with uh, the manager the manager and him bet a bunch of people that he would average over 300 this year and everybody else is like no way he's gonna ever do that and then of course the first couple weeks if you look at the scores it was like an 800 quad, 900 quad. He's only averaging 230, 220. And then all of a sudden people started putting a lot more money onto it. Like back in the day, it was like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars. And they started gambling. And then that's when they started blocking or I guess you can say grooving the lanes, oiling it. So Frank would know exactly where how to lay the ball down. And of course, with Frank's talent already as it is, he could just handle it perfectly and figure it out. Um, but he used to come in during the day and he used to find that groove and they used to work on it together. And then by the end of the year, they made a boatload of money. So yes, Frank had a huge amount of talent, but he also, him and the, <laughs> and the management also had a, a little side pod going and he split the funds. I, I'm not too sure if some of the listeners don't know. Frank Levine used to throw um, what's regularly known as the soft belly duck pin shot was a little bit of backspin flipping the wrist um was a fairly slow controlled roll um it usually skids about halfway down then finally turns into a roll and especially when you cliff the lanes or you block the lanes you can make the center extremely oily where the ball will never gain enough traction to move out of the track and leave the outsides dry so if he does throw it or if somebody throws a, a little out wide, it will track back to center. So it doesn't prevent punching that I'm pretty sure, but see, 
Uh, and see, I almost, I was, I wasn't quite aware of the oiling that they had done, but I almost thought it would be opposite, where you'd have it like super dry right down the center, throw the ball right down the center, have it oily on the outsides, so that if you put it right on the center where you would punch, that ball would move off and then hit the oil and then drop straight into the pocket. Right. I don't know. I so I know I've seen some videos of soft belly duck pin where they they do the. Uh, oil up the center and then dry on the outside. So if the guy throws it a little bit outside, it'll it'll track back to center. Um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I'm not too not too sure. Obviously, on the fine details, none of us were alive at that point in time, and the people that were obviously don't go around and talk about it too often. So for us to bring this up on the podcast, it's just um, to give our insight into it, knowing like Adam, one of the best players. Ever holds Edmonton City records, Calgary City records for league averages. Would you ever think in your lifetime you could average three thirty, being the one of the best players at this point in time? Three thirty, no chance, right? It's uh, it, what Frank w- was doing back in in that point of time. Um, he was just the the pure model of consistency. Like his ball was identical. And he, he would throw hundreds upon hundreds of games in a, in a pretty given week um, to, to kind of keep that consistency. So uh, when he was traveling, you know, west, Western Canada, it, it still, it, he didn't need that extra, you know, help from, from, the, uh, from the proprietors there. He was still an absolutely incredible talent. Um, Nowadays, you know, with, with the string machines, and uh, it doesn't really matter what other changes with the bases and um, you know, seventeen centers and, and things like that. Like there, there's only such uh, such a, a big enough ceiling um, that you know, top players who hit the middle as often as we do to stay away from punching once or twice uh, over a game or two games. So for, for us, uh, all of a sudden that drops your, your maximum down into like a 350, 360, and that's with 11 strikes in your game pretty mm-hmm. much, right? So there, there's, there's, not as, uh, there's not enough, you know, Bonnie Dunes in, in the world um, that, that people are going to be able to, to score that ridiculous the, the, the whole time. Yeah, and that's something else to say. Like, Frank averaged 290 in several different houses. It wasn't um, like he was averaging 230 in other houses. He was still the top player around. There's no doubt in mind. But um, there was definitely something funky going on there. Um, Just just in my opinion, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, this this was at the absolute hype of bowling, right? The, The 70s and the 80s. That, that's that's when YBC had almost 80,000 kids. 80,000 kids in the program. It was a massive, absolutely massive. And you'd fill every bowling alley with a league every single night and probably two leagues, and they'd be full all the time. Um, it's just it's just not the same anymore. But that, that tells you just how big it was at that time period that there were these kind of bets made. And from what we've heard, mafia being involved, or, or like, like the, the gambling rings were unbelievable, and, and bowling was such a huge sport back in the day that bowling was involved in it. And this is where so, I still so, think we need to get Bet Three Six Five on board. <laughs> so <laughs> legally, let, let's put it this way: Adam is, is say top bowler in Canada. He has a city record in Edmonton at Bonnie Dune, which let's face it. Probably Amara is up there. You know, like it's one of the easier centers in Canada. And then he also played the pay, uh, the heyday down in Paradise, got his city record, right? Just to boost his ego some more. But that that being said, that being said, he didn't average three hundred. Not saying Adam couldn't average three hundred, but he had our generational best conditions to get there, and he couldn't do it, right? And it has nothing against him, but it shows. The situation with Frank Levine. Yeah, two punches in a game and you can't do it. No. But the game's gotten a lot easier, guys. Just so you know, because all the all the old timers keep telling us the game's too easy now. Yeah. You know, there, there's technology that, that is helping the game, right? But it, 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 it's there's still only as big a ceiling, and nobody's perfect because nobody's throwing two or three four hundreds even in, in a 
you know, a, a six or an eight week block, right? It just, it doesn't happen in this game. It's too difficult. Um, I, when I was, uh, you know, on that run where, where I did end up finally beating uh, Freddie there, um, you know, every week was, was a grind to try to make sure that your, your, your goal is essentially 300. You're, you're trying to shoot 1500 in a night, uh, 15 and a half, uh, you know, allows you to shoot 14 and a half next week. Right, like it, two two nineties, ridiculous number, right? Uh, mo- most people, when I was uh, kind of growing up through, you know, just outside of uh, YBC and everything, uh, two sixty was your your ultimate goal. If you were two sixty, you were like super elite at, at that point, right? So uh, I, I think with the technologies and uh, just the knowledge and the competition, especially out west here, um, I, I think that that's definitely brought the level up, maybe five or ten pins at, at that. Um, but it's not a 50 or 60 pins. No, I do want to. I do want to make note, though. Sorry, that Adam did sit out those last two weeks of bowling just so he can get the record. No, that was just the last week. Second last week, <laughs> I couldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Freddie. <laughs> not, not at all. Since, uh, <laughs> since we, since we had all our centers moved to string pin. I think in one year we only ever have two people average or three people average over 260 and that's out of all our players in mm-hmm. like in Winnipeg so it's it centers are tough it, it they are a real thing and well you know when some of these guys go out west they're, they go up 10 pins I mean that's also a tournament it's hard to hard to judge the difference of course but just even watching the pin action, it's way different from from most of the centers we have here. So, Dwayne, here's the thing. I, I got a question for you then. So you talk about your centers being tougher, right? If if it, if it was if the game was super easy, would we play like ten pin, right? No, no, I I, actually, I, I agree. Rick, so I actually shared something. I, I added Carrie in this Facebook page. Uh, it's called like where the bowling centers have gone. It's in the states. And if you look at stats of how many perfect games by each decade, it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's gone up by hundreds of thousands, not just, like, thousands, hundreds of thousands. And I I know we've had this argument. I've had this argument, and I love Evan to death, right? Evan McCousier. But if the game was easier, I don't think – I think people will lose interest more than they already do, right? Because it was such an easy sport. Right, I just I think you lose the interest of the sport. I I don't know if it's because it's easy. I think it it wouldn't separate your really 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 good players from your decent players. When it's harder, you really see the the players that are playing the best at that point in time, and they really show up right. Where your decent players, they're always going to play all right, but your your great players are the ones that are going to separate themselves. And uh, if it was super easy, I don't think you'd see that split as bad. I find it, mm-hmm. uh, like, I've noticed a lot more, uh, like, as I've worked on my game a lot more, I've noticed a lot more bowling centers is a lot like golf courses where, like, all these top golfers, they're all very, very, very similar. Like, you can't really pick who's going to win over the other. But some courses favor them more or they learn how to adjust but all of those top players learn how to play at every every center or every course, and that's what I've really focused on watching is, say, watching any one of you guys play and see how you guys make changes or even just different adjustments or what you guys go through to figure out the pinfall for that day or that center and how, the, how it works, right? So... I, that's what I've noticed in the last little while. It's, it's it's similar to, say like, like I said, a golf course. That's a very good analogy. Okay. I, I I have to say I kind of disagree with both your points there, Carrie. Though, um, when when it comes to Bonnie Dune, right, with, with uh, the the scoring as high as it was, I actually don't think it it made the better players that much better. I I think it actually brought the field closer to each other. That's right, what, I, I that's so what I'm saying. High. That's what I'm saying. That, that is, yeah, that's exactly what he said. Oh, I, I thought you said. I... <laughs> no, when the pin right, fo- I... when the pinfall is super easy, it brings everybody closer together. Yeah. 
It yeah, makes no, I, thought, your... I thought you said like the the super elite were even he, getting he just further said it ahead. Sorry, okay. No. But uh, it, and then first order. And then you know for for you know if the lanes get too easy, um, like well, like Bonnie Dune, look look what happened to that Wednesday night league. People did start losing interest. Oh, right, I know, that that, I know league, I that league was full, and you go in there and you shoot fourteen hundred, or you shoot three and a half. You might not even have a chance to win your match, and uh, you see guys going nuts every single week. It, it, it's boring, right? And then over over the course of three years, that league's defunct. So, yeah, yeah I, I think people will lose interest. It's the equivalent of the house oil or the house the house, the house shot, shot all yeah. all the time all the time right and that's the kind of thing of like five pin for us is kind of the you know the different oil patterns as you have in in 10 pin every center is tough you got to figure out that pattern you got to figure out the breakdown you got to figure out what works in that center as opposed to just have one oil line that just works for everybody and just lights the place up yeah that that's where that's the difference with five pin is that our, our upper levels is basically the same thing as 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 them playing with the hardest oil patterns all the time. Yeah, I, I will say the centers are definitely getting closer together to being the same shot because everybody's putting the same lane beds down and stuff. The only thing that really separates them now is how their pins react at the end of the lanes and what kind of oil they're putting down or what, what they're doing to put the oil down and or, keeping or the if approaches. They're, if they're putting oil down. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Agreed. I still think the biggest thing is the approaches, though. Right, because if you can drive through, then then you can basically throw that shot at any house. If you're having trouble with your approach, it's going to be different at every house as well. Just add another layer. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of lots of variables, but uh, like I said, with them all going to the same type of synthetics and stuff like that, it's definitely taking away somebody playing at a wood house that they know. There's a loose board on whatever board six, 16, so they can't play that line that they normally play. So they have to jump certain spots. Mm -hmm. Like that added a little bit of stuff to it. Uh, I know my home center in Wetaskiwin when I used to play there, you there was a specific spot you couldn't play because there was loose boards, there was divots, so you had to play a different line on that on that set. It added something to it, but um, definitely for the elite side of things, it's if the pinfall is tough, I you really notice who who the best players are out there, especially that weekend. Uh, I agree. Good. All right. Yeah, um, perfect. <laughs> so, uh, Dwayne, we ask our special guest some questions. So hopefully you uh, prepared your homework so you can uh, answer these. <laughs> All right, let's, let's hear it. All right. Uh, your bowling mentor. Who was your bowling mentor when you first got into the game and started learning? Uh, I guess it would be uh, Jeff Bourne and Don Van Dale. I uh, I was working at Dakota Lanes when I before I started bowling, and I would obviously serve Jeff uh, his drinks <laughs> and watch him bowl. Yeah, so. Uh, for a first little while, I would stay with Don when it was dead, and he would just give me pointers on throwing the ball. And then uh, I started to obviously notice that Jeff was pretty good and heard about him a few times. And then uh, he just offered if I if I gave him a ride home and bought him a drink, he would stay with me for an hour or an hour and a half. And, yeah, that was it. That's where she started. Eh? After that, I guess it yeah, after that, I was sort of uh, took advice from Mark Mayer was my first uh, coach, like my first captain of, of a team. And so I really took a liking to him and his sort of unique outlook. They both had very unique outlooks. And so I kind of like, I like to listen to everybody really, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, I would say it was Jeff and Don that really got me, got me going. Yeah, it's uh, I'll bring up a little bit story about Mark. Um, it wasn't definitely not the first time I met him, but it was probably one of the later autumn opens. I would say around 2015, 2016. He would, after he'd throw his shot, and he wasn't playing very good at the time, so he would end up 
throwing three balls, he would go back and he'd sit down in the chair in the exact same position every time. Yeah. Yeah. And he told me he was conserving his energy. And that's exactly it. It was uh, quite the thing. And there was lots of tournaments he played lights out, but I just remember even when he wasn't playing very good, he still did the same routine, still had the same thought process. Um, very, very unique person. And uh, I was glad I met him and I had time to talk to him quite a few times. And it, he had a unique outlook, that's for sure. Yeah. And a, an He's abundance very, very of passion. Quirky. Oh, yes. Very, could, very. Yeah, you could just see the passion in the guy. Yeah. Yeah. He had, uh, actually, he announced his retirement and said he wasn't playing anymore. And then I guess he, like, before I would go to a tournament or whatever, he'd always wish me luck and stuff. And so he'd be watching Manitobans and even, you, like, I guess, all his buddies and stuff. And so I got back, he had mentioned, uh, he had mentioned that, Oh, you know, I think I found there's always every single time was always I think I found something, you know, yeah. I'm working on something and he practiced all the time, but he just stopped playing leagues. He stopped playing masters and stopped really playing the tournaments. And so he said, you know what, I'm going to work on it this summer and I, I'm, I think I'm coming back. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, he was you could tell the guy was very passionate about it. So, yeah, yeah it was that was pretty sad. But uh yeah, unfortunately, there's always you're always gonna have those uh, tragedies, especially in a sport that um, runs across the whole country. You're always gonna hear the the bad ones, and hopefully, stuff like that doesn't happen to too many people. But um, may he rest in peace, and uh, we thank him for the memories and for all the all the things he brought us. Um, so, what's your favorite tournament? Oh man. Uh... <laughs> And it could be any tournament, doesn't yeah. like not necessarily WCBT, any tournament, open, masters, oh, whatever. Man. Uh, Backyard snowballing, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I, I like them all really. Uh, I, I mean, the one I've done the best in, I guess, would be Edmonton. So <laughs> I really enjoy that. Um, <laughs> The format for Calgary has always been the one I like the best, um, but I never really, I never made it till this year, so never really got to play the format. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the Calgary format I think is is something I really I enjoy that challenge and and especially being in the if you're in final sixteen that that you're never out even if you don't win your match or you know it, every pin really does matter. I really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, they're all, honestly, I, there's not one I dislike for sure. Right. I don't, I wouldn't say I have a favorite. Well, I would think right now it would be Edmonton because. Well, I was thinking the autumn open should it, be that should, first, uh, inaugural doubles title for, with yours truly. I well, yeah, I mean, that, should carry that, a special right. spot near. Carry yeah, wins probably... something and he's going to bring yeah. it up. <laughs> I think I have that up on the shelf with the avalanche stuff. So. Oh, see, it, I think you it forgot all, all about it. Spot, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh... um, I guess we'll have to look to defend. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what's in your arsenal? I have uh, I only use soft rolls. I just use two different sizes when, and um, that's it. That's it. Just soft rolls. Yep. Four seven eighths, and then the four three quarter. And they're the weight of the missile variety. I'm assuming they're not tri. Uh, no one. They're the original. Uh, like not the. I guess the original ones were like only the brown and black. I think. Right. They were the first generation ones. They didn't have a name yet. They didn't have missile or ballistic or anything like that. Right. Yeah. So cool. both sets are actually the f- first gen. Hmm. Yeah. You don't see too many people with uh, multiple sets. I know, like, there was, the, I think the very first generation was the all black ones, right? Yeah. And like then the, the brown stripe or whatever. Yeah. Or well, I think, there was, I think there was even a version before that they were just black. Um, Lonnie oh, Akers, really? Danny Bear, Johnstone has a set. They were just a black. I think Shannis has a set too, actually. But yeah, I I have a right. set of just red ones, solid too, and they're super soft. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. Nothing. Nothing of the neck set after, but they're same thing. Nothing on them. 
right? So, right. yeah. Wow. Um, what do you solid. What do you use for shoes? Um, I just made some custom ones. I have a uh, Adidas Cloud Foam. What? Um, sorry. No, go ahead. What was the reason that you went to customs? Was it price? Was it comfort? Um, well, actually, I found it was uh, like very important after playing in a tournament. One of the tournaments, played a couple shifts, and my feet were killing me. And I had SST8s, I think. And, uh, man, I don't think I could stand <laughs> on my heels. Like, And I was in, like, back then I was actually in decent shape, so I was didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my brother had made a different shoe every week like he was just going through shoes like just sticking sliders on them yeah. trying his old shoes and one i tried a pair and i was like wow what a difference and so i went and bought uh i went and found a, a shoe i really liked and something that was really comfortable and went with that and been using those since yeah we we find that uh especially doing this podcast but not only through the leagues and the tournaments a lot of people are going that way um, some people because of cost, but a lot of people for comfort. Nothing it beats a, a good street shoe compared to a, a leather bowling shoe for eight hours on the lanes. Yeah, no kidding. Well, it depends if you're bowling. You, you normally only bowl one shift, but those guys, they got to bowl a few. <laughs> I was like, yeah, more than eight hours, man. Don't bring that up. <laughs> I just uh, played a four shifter. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say that. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, Doesn't happen often, Kerry. No. So your career is fairly young, but uh, we always ask, what's on your bucket list? What's the next thing that you are really striving to to accomplish? Uh, honestly, I just, I just love man. I I just enjoy to play well. I don't really have much expectations or. Bucket you don't, list. You I don't have a goal. I thought I was going to bowl a perfect game. <laughs> Not really, man. I just my goal is to keep playing well. Honestly, every time I go, I just want to play well. I don't really. In the last few years, I really have like the last couple of years, I haven't really. At one time, it was like gotta win a tournament or gotta bowl a perfect game or gotta win this or something, and I stopped worrying about winning and started worrying about just being proud of what I'm doing and then results started to show so yeah. I guess I would like to I would love like to win a tournament of course but I guess that would be great to have on uh, and it might maybe a national singles would be nice too but right I got a national team gold that's always nice to have in your back pocket eh? yeah it's all right so but yeah I guess I I never never really thought about it that way like I never really thought about a goal that way so um I guess, at one point it was yeah i'll just expand on that a little bit um so your national gold experience how was it um <laughs> what insight do you have uh, for people that haven't reached that goal yet well uh especially in the team event man just uh, just but if you're not playing well you, there's always something you can be doing to help the team so um i know that i didn't play well but i never got down and i always tried to make sure my team was staying you know felt supported and knew that i was trying my hardest at least um one of our games actually against saskatchewan uh i think we bowled a team in the 10th frame it was 10 in a row or 11 in a row and it was we had 1406 to 1403 against Saskatchewan and I hadn't thrown a strike and it was the ninth frame and and I was I had seven picks and I was I felt so bad and I could <laughs> tell my team was getting frustrated and I was trying so hard yeah. but uh, that's the best thing about the team is just not to not to give up and just, I don't know, just stay there. Just always know that you can you can do more than just score. Yeah, stay down in the pit and encourage everybody yeah. else that's carrying your ass across the line. 
Well, yeah, that was you, I guess. So. <laughs> that, that wasn't that the point. That wasn't the point of the day. Yeah, but... I think that's what you were going for. But uh, Jeez, this carry. podcast isn't about me. Let's move on. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I threw the props on uh, Facebook for you. So. Yeah, I, I was aware I played like crap. Oh my god. It's um... all right. So is there anything that you think Five Pin Universe or the WCBT or people can be doing as individuals to improve um, the way Five Pin Bowling is going at this point in time? Um, I guess, obviously, uh, I think, like, social media is obviously a big thing right now. So I think this is the right direction. Right. Um, I would... I don't know how obviously feasible it is, but I think it would be great to see like all the tournaments that are part of the WCBT, every lane be able to, you, you like people who are at home and stuff would want to watch. They can't travel. Like my parents and my family always like to support and watch. And they, they even like to watch like even you guys and everything. They like to know what's going on, but they don't want to watch just lane three and four, right? They want to follow. If they want to watch Carrie, they want to follow or Adam or Dex, you know. Right. Probably not Tim, but nope. They, they, they just go on, you know. Hey, so I, they like to I'm follow. Top, him. I'm top. I'm top salesperson on shirts, buddy. Is that right, eh? Yeah. yeah. Is that the Doctor Evil shirts? Or? No, the no. my balls are sufficiently heavy. <laughs> He bought it himself, That's though. Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> he That's bought two awesome. sizes, yeah, too, think... in case one didn't fit. <laughs> we will... I, uh, think the, uh, yeah. I think the social media would be great to see. If, uh, that could be a big improvement with the uh, with the live stream. I know that's a difficult task in a lot of places, but it would be great to see. Yeah, it's getting it there. Um, a lot of people... Yeah, I see it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of people that uh, always call in or text or whatever that they want to know where the where the players are playing and what set they're on. Just know that it, it's a work in progress. Um, obviously, oh, of course. Five Pin Universe is a big part of that. We're trying to develop more um, more tech to get it to there. But that, that's just a just a grind thing, and right? stuff too would be awesome. Like. Yep. Uh, I know that you guys got that going, but I think that's just that's a great that's great for a selling factor on like people looking up or something. Hey, yeah, you know, you bowl for money or you bowl, you travel for bowling and stuff, and you have this profile to back you up or follow it. I think that's good for publicity and everything, like just full exposure, especially on like the stars of the game and the top players that are doing well like make sure that they're exposed for sure to let them let the people who don't really know what's going on open their eyes to what is going on exactly you know yeah no exactly i totally agree with you um having that available to even like you said even sponsors um yeah can look that stuff up and um yeah we're as five pin universe we're definitely trying to push that and trying to develop new ways to grow the sport uh hence the t-shirt sales that we've put up um on facebook and stuff like that sales are a little yeah. low right at the moment people seem to like them but uh <laughs> we understand the wallet's a little tight around christmas time hopefully uh dwayne's dwayne's buying yeah. what he said yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure about that. Wallet's a little tight, like you said. Oh, we're, uh, I got to make sure I can fit my own shirts first. I don't know what size I'd buy. But uh, I'll, I'll wear whatever Adam's wearing soon. Just buy any blue shirt he probably owns. Pretty much. It's a good chance it's blue. Yeah. <laughs> you should uh, you should just buy uh, Dex's shirt because it's uh, just says fat bowlers are good bowlers, so it doesn't matter what size your shirt is. Uh, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hope that uh, Christmas doesn't affect affect the wallets too much next year because we'd like oh, yeah. to make sure that people can make it out, right? Yeah, uh, 
obviously we'll we'll segue into that you're you're a part of the group that is helped developing that and bringing that to fruition but the manitoba open again is starting back up that's a pretty awesome to see for 2020 right yeah that's when we're uh, that's when we're going so that's we're really excited about that um we've been working on it trevor and i have been working on this for a while we have a we've been we've been lucky that we have i think about seven other people that have volunteered to really put in a lot of work and help put this together with aaron and karen aaron ablas karen armstrong the the whole devony team there and yeah it's just it's chris Dewar, a lot of guys willing to do a lot of with a lot of insight and um yeah, they're just working hard. Everybody's working hard, talking to sponsors and come up with some great ideas. So we're looking forward to seeing what we can put together and just making it happen. Yeah, Very for excited sure. excited about that. Um, is there any plans to do like a website or to um, do yeah, a big social media that, push? Yeah, yeah, that's all. that We actually were hoping to have that finished, but we we're still – I mean, in the discussion, even amongst with you guys about the finalizing a format, we don't really want to put up a, a full thing without having a... Yeah, set in right, stone. We're still tweaking numbers, right? We're still tweaking numbers. So we're trying to get the best feedback on on deciding that. So Yeah. I know lots of people out here, um, even like Gino and the older guys, they, they're they even looking forward to it. They want to go back to Manitoba and play that tournament and that's um, exciting yeah it there's lots of buzz about it out here in alberta for yeah, sure so we really appreciate that too and like I, we're hoping that this is something that everyone everyone enjoys right like we want to make it as fun and and of course worth worth everyone's time as well so yeah it'd be it'd be great to see see the support like we're we're working uh we got a lot a lot of buzz at home too here so that was a big reason why we decided to make this jump so we we're really hoping to lock in a lot of a lot of people at home here and mm. have them uh, have a full full arsenal here. So that'd be great. Yeah, I know the Manitoba Plus Open it's, was a it's an opportunity. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, uh, the Manitoba Open was a huge mainstay tournament for quite a long time. Uh, there was players out here in Alberta it used to follow on one of our Masters weekends, and they would they wouldn't come to Masters because it was the wow. Manitoba Open. So. Um, to wow, have that kind impressive. of draw at that point in time, um, I'm sure it's going to have impressive. that draw again. So, well, uh, I I really hope it doesn't conflict with anyone. But no. yeah, that's uh, that's 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 terrific. That's uh, we really like again. It's an opportunity for like we have a lot of players that that are here, especially a lot of the youth that are here that uh, that would love the opportunity to go play. Don't have the funds to you know cover their travel and stuff right their kids go to school or even everyone has their own situation so it's it's not cheap to travel you know and uh yeah it's I, i'm excited to to see a lot of these people have this opportunity to you know play against the guys that they watch you know carrie adam tim dex maybe not tim but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, is the original thought on the uh, uh, format more of a traditional, or are you kind of thinking out of the box? Oh, uh, so that was something that we decided. Uh, we really wanted to offer something different that uh, was out that not, not like the others, but okay. obviously similarities, nothing crazy. Um, so yeah, we decided to do a a like I guess in a sense a forty-eight man cut, and. So the number that we're tweaking is the amount that automatically qualified to the Sunday. So originally we had 16, 16 people, the top 16 from the, from the qualifying shifts go to Sunday. And then the next 32 bowlers would play on the Saturday night, a three game, uh, a three game, or I guess originally it was a three game match. We changed that as well to play uh, in four groups of eight the top guy or the top two from each group you play everybody once 50 points for a win top two guys from each group move to the sunday 
and then that's how your Sunday morning goes exactly the same way. You get four groups of set, uh, four groups of eight, play everybody once, seven games, and then that's how you get you play down, right? And then the final sixteen was actually going to go to a one-sided bracket. Was that going to so, be okay. a three-game total pinfall or two? Three-game total. Sorry, yes, yeah, sorry, three-game total pinfall, and then the uh, finals. Actually, we were going to do a four-game to make it a little more unique because it was less games on a Sunday when we went through it all. The timeline was was a lot quicker on the Sunday than say the other tournaments. And it was a couple less games if you ran all the way, right? So we we thought, you know what, the finals would be exciting to see, you know, four game match. You know, somebody gets six sixty or in Adam's case throwing an eight hundred double. It, that's a big uh it's a big jump. Only at, only at Wist. <laughs> yeah, only at Wist. Yeah, it was the same time Schultz did it to me, so uh, <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. So you're but, saying Dexter might have a chance then? Maybe. So they say good bowlers, eh? They can they get it going after four. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's that's what we're that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to uh that's the the idea, and I, I said we're tweaking the numbers. I think we're working on uh, what you'll sort of the prize money and what you'll get. You make top forty-eight, you lose your your play down. You don't make it to Sunday. You get to play consolation still, and you still get some money. And then, obviously, if you make it to the Sunday, you get a certain amount of money. So we're hoping that we can get everybody the the amount of money that they that. We have a target in mind, so we're hoping it's significant for the qualifying, and then obviously the four thousand first place, and we're working working towards that, right? So that's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, I like it. Kind of, kind of a mix of all the tournaments with a little bit of unique on top of it. No, I, yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's nothing. I don't. I didn't think it was like anything too crazy, like outside the box, but. We ran all the time frames and we did all that and everything fits very well. So we're really hoping that uh, that we can that we can make this get these numbers set. Like we uh, we're trying to change it to actually twenty people, the top twenty from the qualifying of like shifts, make it to the Sunday. We've been tweaking with that number. So um, trying to figure out how we're gonna get play down the next twelve spots. And so, because we felt that it should be 20 out of the top 20 rather than a 16. Right. That automatically make it to the Sunday. So, I don't know. That's something that, that again, we want the feedback from from a carry and you guys, you guys out there. So, we're really looking to make that decision. Actually, we have a meeting this Friday to, to come through it all. So. Awesome. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have the answer by... By Saturday, by well, Friday night. Well, you guys got a, nice, but... a good group there. I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna work yeah. out all the kinks pretty pretty easily. So, yeah, probably try a Thursday night format as well of some sort. A Thursday, I think. Uh, I, okay, so we have a couple surprises in the mix. I think so. We're we're looking <laughs> to keep keep uh, keep some of that secret and surprise yeah. until we solidify it. But the Thursday, I don't think we're gonna have any. Uh, any big like events like right now i think we're just going to do a youth thing on thursday uh same same type of deal but something maybe a little bigger than just the just the, the quick the quick clinic yeah, yeah. so yeah. something a little bigger with the youth there um friday we're going to have a bakers we're going to have a three man bakers three man baker team um and i think we're going to do 24 teams so we're hoping Again, we don't know. Um, it, it the four man, you guys have four man. You have two man doubles. So we, again, we wanted to make this a little bit different and do a three man. Yeah. So it was something again, something a little bit different, but still the same. There's right. no the only three man we see on the tour right now is the Regina, right? Yeah. The Thursday, the Thursday yeah. trios. And that's yeah. and that's scratch, right? So. Yep. And it's not yes. Bakers, it's just three players, they play full games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So I thought that would be uh, that would be pretty exciting. Well, the Baker's so, uh, it's a proven format, right? It's it's always a draw. It's always full. Yeah, can't yeah, go, can't go wrong and, with uh, it. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, right? It, it a lot of people play the Baker's that maybe come just to watch and play with a buddy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it draws in a lot of people too. So it's it's always a fun night. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. Um, Tim, you had something you wanted to bring up, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> this actually goes to Dexter's Rulebook Corner. Oh, now, good. <laughs> Dexter's what? Rulebook Rule Corner. Corner. Dexter, Dexter what is this the, the first time? First that. time you've listened to podcasts? Come on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Silence. Looks so okay. So I I had a little bit of an issue and I didn't know what the ruling was. I got a I got a text message. Um, they were hosting the the IP qu- zone qualifying in Central at, at Riverside, and uh, they had a bunch of teams there. And they were when they were bowling. They found out after like the there's I think it was a four game event. So after a couple games, they found out that none of the bowlers are bowling underneath their names. Whoa! So, so, so the second like the guy say, us, us, you guys, you, Carrie, Dexter, Adam, and Dwayne were bowling. Dwayne bowling under Carrie, Dexter's bowling under Adam, and it's all POA. Now at the end of the day, the scores are still the same POA. You would think because the totals are there. But what do you do? What, what what ruling is there? Like you just change the scores, but why wouldn't they tell the front desk, right? What, like it's it's a it's from another center that nobody knew them, so they didn't know any different, right? And so what what do you do? I don't think I think you let them finish that game and then you change the lineup for the third game. I think that'd be the yeah. easiest solution. That, that's but, what I'm saying. But I was like. At that, I mean, honestly, at that point, um, based on the out-of-order rules, um, all of them would have counted anyways. I, I mm-hmm. think I, – I thought it was that you had to play in the order that you were set. So as long as it's not your name, it doesn't matter. But as long as – if you're originally supposed to be listed as Dexter plays before Adam, Adam plays before Dwayne. Dwayne plays before Tim. As long as you followed that order and you're on the correct lane, then everything counted. If they, anything they, was out of order, so it shouldn't count. Is what, well, I, okay. what my understanding was. My, my understanding was they just didn't like the order and they bowled the order that they wanted to bowl in. <laughs> so they just so they didn't have the computer right. scoring set up for the lineup that they decided to play in. They just yeah, and then and they never uh, told. I don't they see never a problem told, with it. Well, no. okay, so yeah, you're you're right. Um, but okay, so if if like you're bowling on the wrong lane and an entire team bowls out of order, then it just you just make the scores proper and move it over. Um, but it it does say here like that that's if you're bowling on the wrong lane. Mm-hmm. When it's discovered that a bowler is bowling on the wrong lane or out of turn, a dead ball shall be declared, and the bowler must. Rebowl on the correct lane in the correct order. But what if what if they completed several frames that way? <laughs> well, wow. yeah, there there isn't one for several frames. There's there's one for a team. So so and by team they 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 are referring to multiple people. It's it's a bad wording, but they are referring to multiple people bowling on the wrong lane at a time. Those are kept. But it, it says when the bowling out of turn. A dead ball shall be declared. To me, that sounds like they have to re-bowl all of it. Yeah, that's what I understand it to be. Whew. Now, if you got to pick, I think you just let the score stay. But according to the rules, I think you. Wow. Yeah. I think you have to bowl again. <laughs> well, the problem is, who who's to say that they kept that order throughout the whole game as yeah. well? Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Like they found out right at the end. I'm like, well, I. I was like, I don't know. You had to look through the C five rule book. <laughs> I never had somebody do that before, right? So the like, individual POA didn't mean anything. It was just team POA. It was team POA. Yeah. 
So realistically, oh, okay. so so as, long as, as long as they kept, as long as they kept order, at least the final total would be, you know, the, the, correct. The, 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 but, accurate, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I think regardless of the order, the if the averages are correct, they still would have been the same. As right? long as yeah. they completed the yeah. whole game in the as long, same yeah. order in as that they order. started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So out of all the years, throw I've, your I've ringer never, in on a never. double or something like that. Now, it, it, and and you sh- <laughs> only in it, central care. Wow. <laughs> so okay, that, that's weird. So I wonder, I wonder how the tournament was set up. Like just just inquiring, like. How it was, pro, was it pro score? It was pro score. I wonder if they had the skip function set up so you could change it, or Probably if not. not, I wonder if they requested at the front counter for it to be changed, and whether whether it happened or not. I don't know. That's interesting. Because you, you can just yeah. hit reset and start the game with no change in your order, right? Yeah. On yeah. pro yeah. score, so that that's what likely would have happened. Then they just decided just to bowl in whatever order they wanted. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> wow. you, you 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 know what? Did I'm they glad, okay? I'm did glad they win? Enjoy. They qualified. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> can of worms. Rule twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I, oh, I, I, don't know. I don't know. So does like, this like, does this get brought up to the A five board to figure out what they're going to do with their interprovincial qualifying? Because because, <laughs> because honestly, I don't know. But it's but truthfully, Tim, it, need, it I, needs I, to be discussed. Like uh, to me, yes, yeah. to me, I don't care. I don't care if, if somebody wants if they want to bowl in that order. Mathematically, all of that makes sense. Like that that's yes. fine. But your rule book, your yes. C five rule book, specifically says dead balls that means they haven't thrown a ball yet for that tournament yeah so was was their lineup different from when it started don't know uh, who knows uh, uh, did, did gino play 15 frames <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't so I, I i have to bring it up like i have to talk about it but i i got the text message and they're finished and i couldn't load up the c5 rule book because i had no I was at IKEA shopping for my kitchen knobs. I mean, <laughs> I, could, I, uh, couldn't, I couldn't. I so, couldn't. so my question is: Did somebody yeah. make an appeal? No appeal. So I don't think there can be anything done about it now. No. Well, but but I mean, at the I, time, I just think the fact that, that Timmy knows about it. It doesn't matter. There's nobody. In, there's nobody know. fighting it, right? If there was no well, appeal for it. But 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 somebody there at that time period that was running that tournament should have said something. The, in, well, in, apparently in, they in, didn't know, right? It, it, they didn't know, and it, and it, you don't you don't honestly sometimes you don't blame people for that either because it's, no, it's no, a I, different yeah, right yeah. right. But okay, so are, are these? Like, I mean, it's IP, so you're gonna have a whole range of people playing this. Were they like really new bowlers? Were they older? Can can they can they can they plead ignorance? Or is I, it... I I would uh, the, the the team of issue that I do believe it is um, is a brand new team that's never oh, uh, it's, it, and, and and from and from a center um, that doesn't usually send a lot of people so so, so I, yeah okay so so there, there's a little room for give because it's not going to be like. You know, it, it very well could have been their first tournament. So, sort of thing. is there was. is there a deadline that a team that's involved in that or the judge of play has to make an appeal to have I, those I, results? Looking looking at the rule book, I didn't see anything on there or in the formats, right? So, because I don't think because from well, you don't have to tell us who told you, but if it wasn't a competitor or the judge of play or the tournament director. That's not an appeal either. No, it was. Uh, I can't. You don't want to throw the first. I want to throw the person under the bus. But uh, yeah, it's it was. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation. I had no idea how to handle it. So yeah. yeah. Is somebody's cell phone close to their uh, <laughs> headset. No. Oh, good. Better. Something wrong. No, it was just some feedback going on. So no yeah, so interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Yikes! But anyways, I I just thought it was a unique situation that, and I'm glad I'm glad that you guys enjoyed my topic because I know how much Dexter loves the rule book corner. <laughs> 
what I'm going to love is my favorite uh, segment <laughs> is how you figure out what the actual ruling is. Because whether or not you actually rule on this, you should probably look into it just in case oh, it does come up. I'm, I'm sending an email after we're finished. Well, I think I think Ooh. I agree with Dexter. Like, if it was caught at the time, or if it there's an appeal, technically it's a dead ball, according to the on, rule. Based on your rules, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is unfortunate. Well, thing is, they, there's no way to prove that they all played ten frames and they all played in the same order all the time as well. But but and I mean, we, I, we I guess can, you could we, say we that. We could do that anyway. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We could say that all the time. Yeah. 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 But I, I would yeah. I would think other competitors in a certain time frame would have to make the complaint, or the tournament director, or the judge of play would have to make the complaint in order for yeah. it to be ruled upon. Most appeals would would probably have a deadline right yeah, you'd have so, yeah. three days or 14 days or from whatever mm-hmm. incident that occurred yeah. should i, I delay this podcast till we go outside of that <laughs> deadline range <laughs> hey i don't I, be looking for excuses to hold off posting things <laughs> i i i i for deadlines don't matter anymore i lately but <laughs> who am i supposed to know <laughs> Um, I'm, I, yeah. You know what? I, I'm curious. I'm curious as to what like the house rules are for, for like, I don't know because we we've had people that join bowling for the first year. They're bowling in a league, and you know what? Their buddy's gonna be late, and then we'll look up in the fifth frame, and their buddy or who like whoever's whoever's waiting for them has been bowling for their buddy the entire time, yeah. thinking it's no big deal. It's just people being ignorant of the rules. So I, I kind of wonder, like, if it's the first year, kind of like what what the leagues are like at the center they're playing at, you know, because I don't know. We squashed that pretty quick. I was like, guys, ah, you know, like, you know, the averages matter for tournaments. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. Um, so I, uh, yeah, that, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> So uh, we'll hit up one last topic before we uh, close out this podcast. So we put something up on Facebook asking people for topics. And the one I want to hit upon, um, since I'm a part of it and Dexter's a part of it, Allison Cummings had uh, posted, what was the likelihood or possibility of the WCBT running a team event? Um, So as president of the WCBT, my stance is the WCBT is there for... Um, the singles professional competition. Um, but that doesn't mean that um, like Five Pin Universe or host centers don't run cool team events for something else. Like that, yeah. to me, that would be cool. I don't see the WCBT ever stepping in and running a team event. That's not what it was set up for. Well, you're so- exactly right, Kerry. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is like, I, think, I think having a high stakes team event would be awesome you know three days you know you, you put in you know you have like five players you put in like three grand or something something big and then and then play like like an open sort of event sort of thing but that's not the wcbt area for us to do simply because that doesn't fit into our point system yeah there's yeah. there's that's no way that, that event right um and there's just no way for that to to amalgamate into there so um, I, I think that's where that needs to be separated, but I think that there's definitely a, a market for a high stakes team event. Um, what about something? Just... What about making uh, some sort of a team event with the from the qualifiers at, for the like for the championship at the end? Like a Gallagher Cup? So like at, <laughs> the, the what, sir? We have a Gallagher like, Cup. <laughs> Yes, and it's, it's similar to that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, but that's like a fun. That's sort of a fun. Yes, for sure it is. That's yeah. sort of yeah. a fun thing, but I mean, like, it, you know, yeah. you have the, you have the option to so, full yeah. competition. You know. So that is something that has been booted around. So, ten pin bowling does something similar on the PBA tour. They have what's called the Elias Cup, mm-hmm. where they have a league. So the players are drafted into eight separate teams and then they play a league event on, it's usually a weekend at one of the other tournaments or whatever. That is definitely something that's been talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. But for, um, 
I guess financial reasons, it would be hard for like TP or Sherwood to host another day of team events and people to put in more money to be there that weekend. It would be tougher, but I think you could create a whole event by itself on its own weekend. I could totally see something like that. Absolutely. So, so actually, when Allison messaged, I think she was on, was in my post um, or the, sure. five pin universe. Yeah. Anyways. So I messaged her and I actually asked her cause it can go in many different ways on, on how you can interpret what she was asking. Right. And she said, she gave me, she talked about this one and how negative moment can turn into a positive. I think, or that was your other comment. Uh, she said, honestly, uh, I'll figure out what I was trying to say and I'll get back to you. So, <laughs> so she's like, please don't say it on podcast. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how to, but, but it was like, uh, it was talk sort of, it was talking about like, uh, also with masters in Yaba or yeah. in Ontario, something, yeah. something similar to that. I know I talked to Carrie a while back. I think Adam was in there and Dex too. We're talking about something like the Elias stuff. I would love, you know, let's say in Alberta, or even in, you can promote it central and say Edmonton or Calgary and central or whatever you want to do with it. But if you had eight teams, you picked maybe six weekends a year or six days a year that you wanted to play, you have a, a roster that's, you know, maybe you draft 10 players on a roster, only five play that weekend or six play that weekend, a little bit more flexible for people. You have some cash prizes in there. I think that's something we could probably go get around. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm just going to take your question literally. Sorry, Allison, if that's no, not yeah. how you meant it. Um, but I don't think the WCBT would really have a stance on that. But I'm I'm more than um, willing to talk. Like if I've been universe wants to set up a tournament, something that thing. Um, if we're going to look at it for the professional side, like what the WCBT is trying to promote, I don't think there should be a cap on averages or anything because some people don't play league averages. I think it should be wide open. You yeah. you bring the best team you can bring and you compete for the money it's, that you put up. It's funny. Somebody else messaged me about the same thing, being like, "Hey, there should be a tournament like a like an open format tournament where you can, you know, pick your team." But um, it was Kathy Langwad, and, and she's used to like the stuff out in uh, Candlepin and stuff where you. You know, you have a seven or seven or eight player team, um, but she she figures one requirement should be um, having a woman on your team too, or yeah. a couple women. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But that's yeah. that's totally yeah. fair if that's how Absolutely. the tournament is set up. But uh, I think for the professional side, you, you just couldn't set a cap on it. it I totally agree. Yeah, I think yeah. It, I think it's wide open. It would be unfortunate if for some reason you got the best five bowlers of that season on the same team yeah that that would be unfortunate but let's be serious at that point in time everybody can beat anybody so right and it depends on the center it depends on the weekend depends on how much like what the weather is outside and how things like there's so many factors yeah i think i think something like that definitely can be done i just for the questioning wcbt definitely wouldn't have a, a stake in the game at this point in time anyways could, could there be something on like a Thursday morning or a Monday morning or something at these tour events to, to have like a side offering? Monday afternoon for TPC at Sherwood so that we can <laughs> sleep a little. Or Wednesday, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Oh, man. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to become <laughs> a week-long event. That's, that's it. Yeah, actually, yeah. no. That that was a really good question that came in from uh, Luke St. George to, to Dex as well. Oh yes, uh, about the the, the TPC, uh, just a, a matter of you know with your deep run and obviously being so directly involved in the tournament itself. Uh, did did it help as a bit of a distraction? Uh, were you worried about uh, about just how how the the tournament was running, et cetera, et cetera? Um. I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it helped. Uh, I, I don't think it ever really helps. Um, but at least at least with me, like I'm I'm sort of used to it. Like my whole game is built around being distracted. <laughs> like literally all the time. I, I'm I'm talking to people. I'm wandering around. I'm like 
the last thing I am in behind the behind the lane is focused on my bowling. Um, it's when I get on the lane for that three like <laughs> half, a, half second a second that I am. But it's li- it's literally all my focus is like at the back of the lane, grab my ball, focus, go up onto the lane, throw my ball and go. So um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it it helped me, but I, I don't think I don't think it hindered me. I don't know. Actually, no major breakdowns either, right? No, uh, not, not, on not, during, not on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so actually, so it's funny, yes. Luke. Luke, I actually can tell you a true story here. So when I didn't make the cut on Saturday, uh, Destry came up to me and he said, "You know what? Thank God, our best employees working Sunday. I will have no distractions." And yeah, look how he played. He ran her up. That really sounds like a direct <laughs> quote for me. That's... <laughs> you heard it here first. Tim is the best employee at Sherwood uh, Ball. Look, um... I, I spent all day Sunday knowing full well that there was a possibility that I might have to work on something. But that being said, when it got down to eights, yeah. all those worries disappeared because we had open lanes. If something happened, move them. End of story. Perfect. So, You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we'll thank wrap you up for the... being terrible. <laughs> we'll wrap up the podcast right here. Thanks, uh, Dwayne, for coming on. Uh, thank you, guys. Sorry you had to listen to the Wiseman's bickering a little bit at the end, but that's as per usual, and that's how we like running our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, thanks.